0: Hi there, and welcome to It's Alive, a podcast where we discuss discussing everything, uh, movie news. Uh, we also talk a little bit about TV as well. My name's Stuart Tonks. I'm here today with my co host, Matt Green. Hi, Matt. Hi, guys, and welcome to the show. Uh, so, uh, we're going to be taking you through. A bit of the week's movie news, and we're also going to be, our main uh, section today is going to be discussing uh, the top 10 cult movies to see before you die. Both me and Matt have chosen our own top 10, uh, not overlapping, and a lot of films on your list that I've never seen, Matt, and a lot of films on my list that you've never seen. Certainly. So hopefully um, there'll be a lot of films out there that you've not uh, discovered yet, and you, you know, maybe look into them, maybe we'll sort of inspire you to, uh, to have a look. So we're going to go straight in this week with the movie news. So what's caught your eye this week then, Matt?
1: Well, uh, I think one of the big things that's been released this week is the Elysium trailer. Um, Now, this is a new film by Neil Blomkamp, who you might have known who directed uh, District 9. Um, A very good film. That was, uh, I think it was 2009, something like that. But yeah, um, Elysium, very interesting trailer. Um, I'm not very big myself on Matt Damon. But I'm open to the film. I think it does look very, very good. Uh, nice and futuristic. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What do you think, Stu? Yeah, the trailer's really interesting. It's very much the look of District 9, which is sort
0: of a real rough version, if you like, of, of the future. Um, apparently it's set in 2,159, and it's very much a little bit like he, he touched on with uh, District 9, where the, the the haves and the have-nots, um, so, you know, the wealthy live on a space station, um, which is the uh, Elysium of the title. Um, and as you said, Matt, it uh, stars Matt Damon uh, and Jodie Foster, one of my favourite actresses. Um, it, it, it does, it looks great. Uh, the trailer's um, available on YouTube and Yahoo! Movies. So uh, take a look, see what you think. It's, uh, it's a film that's, uh, you know, it's, it's on our radar and it's out in August. Um, second piece of movie news this week um, is uh, that Robert Redford has joined the cast of Captain America. So he's jumped into the Marvel universe. This um, this has been known for a, a few weeks now, but they've uh, they've announced that uh, his character will be the head of Shield. Um, so it sounds like uh, that you know they're building up once again to the Avengers film, the, the sequel to the Avengers film. Um, what what do you think of his casting there?
1: I think that's a nice choice. To be honest, I haven't seen Robert Redford in anything since well, since a long time, really. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in that role. Um, I think he can pull it off. You know, he's pulled off a lot of great films in the past. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly a, an actor of some stature. Um, so yeah, hopefully, um, he he, he can bring that that uh, presence to to the Marvel universe in the same way I think that Sam Jackson did it, but even even to a higher level. Um. Just because of how well renowned he is and uh, fabulous, fabulous actor and director. And then the last bit of movie news: we said last week we oh. didn't want <laughs> another obituary.
1: Yes. Uh, sadly, guys, um, Roger Roger Ebert has died at the age of seventy of cancer. Um, a very sad day. Last was it last week?
0: It was. It was about two hours after we posted the podcast. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, Roger Ebert was. Uh, uh one half of Siskel and Ebert, um well renowned um duo, uh, film critics uh from the States who were very famous for their thumbs up, thumbs down approach. Yeah. Uh which which worked well. I know uh he wasn't a big uh there was a lot of genre fans who weren't big fans of his because he wasn't massive in supporting genre films. Uh but, you know, it, it's very, very sad that he's died in such you know, such a horrible, sad way. Um, so yeah, so all our thoughts and respects uh, to his family, and let's hope, we're going to say it again, I don't want to jinx it, but let's hope we don't have an obituary next week. Right, so I'm going to start off with a, a quick apology uh, from both of us. Last week we announced um, a new segment to the show, which was where we were going to be watching a film a week that we'd not seen before. Uh, we were starting off with Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. We didn't watch it. <laughs> um, we got to watch it. We started to watch it. We didn't continue watching it. We were far too busy watching Adam Sandler comedies. <laughs> that's not true. But um, yeah, we're really, really sorry. We I think we sort of uh, we overstepped ourselves on that one. Didn't realize how long the film was, how huge it was going to be. And that's not to say that we shouldn't be watching these films. We should. But we're gonna s I think we will we will go back to that feature. Uh we'll discuss it at the end of the show and what we're gonna watch this week and which we will watch. Um and we will uh we, we will endeavour to, to do it this week. But um I think we sort of we, we didn't realize we, we
1: overstepped the mark, it was it was too much and I know certainly I wasn't in the mood to watch that film this week. If I when I wanna watch that film, I wanna sit down, I wanna be totally immersed in this week, I just didn't feel that whatsoever. I know, so
0: we do Really, really strenuously apologise for that. <laughs> but we have now got, and we will move on to our main feature of this week's show, uh, our personal top ten cult movies to see before you die. There's going to be 20 films we're going to talk about. We will talk about them very briefly, um, mainly to try to give you guys... Uh, just so see if this something sparks your interest, and we'll ho- hopefully you'll go and f- seek these films out. Um, we're going to try to be as spoiler-free as possible. Um, and uh, there's a lot of films on the majority of Matt's list I've never seen, I've got to be honest. Um, and there's quite a few on my list that Matt hasn't seen. So we'll start off with your first pick then, Matt. So
1: Definitely. So um, as you said, Stu, my list is quite, um, quite obscure, I will say. Uh, a lot of foreign films on there. Um, so let's kick off with the first one. And the first one is going to be uh, from... One of my favourite directors of all time, Bellatar, and he's a Chewing Horse. Um this is uh Bellatar's last film is just well retired just after this film. Um but yeah this film is uh Hungarian so beware of subtitles. But please, if you know, if you feel like you can't watch a subtitle film, just give any one of these uh films that I'm gonna mention to try. Um maybe not the chewing horse, but definitely some of these down the line. But yeah. Um, The Turing Horse is definitely an amazing film. Um, Bellatar is known for his long shots. Um, Some of the shots in this film can be like 10, 20 minutes apiece. And they are just beautiful. The film is shot in black and white. And um, yeah, it's just an absolutely beautiful film. I really do love it. Um, The whole story of it really is about uh, these two farmers, uh, father and daughter, and uh, their horse starts to... Um, sort of decay in a way, um, you know, sort of slowing down to the end of its life. And uh, th- they're faced with the morality of that, really. So yeah, that's sort of what the film's about. It's also got a lot of post apocalyptic themes throughout the film, which is very, very interesting. And yeah, just some of the lung shots in this film, guys, are absolutely beautiful. It is on for just over two hours at two hours uh, 26 minutes. It's a long watch, but it's definitely worth it if you've never seen anything of Bellator's before.
0: No, it's a film I've, I've I've heard of. I've never never seen myself, um, uh, and I'll take your word for it, and I'll uh, I'll give that a go. My first film that I've chosen is one I discovered in my teenage student years, and it is a staple of students of the '80s, and that is Betty Blue, uh, probably a film that more people will have come across than the Chewing Horse. Um, it was came out in 1986. It's a French film. Um, still to this day one of my favourite movies, yet another subtitle film, please people don't worry about it, watch it, it's uh, a wonderful film about about love, lust and mental illness is probably the, the shortest way I can uh, describe the film um, beautiful um, portrayal um, by uh, Beatrice Dahl who I think many uh, sh- students and teenage boys in the 80s fell in love with and the, the poster was very renowned at the time. It was on, I think, every student's, uh, student's wall in every <laughs> dorm across uh, across the world, really. Um, a, a beautifully made film. And, and if you do uh, seek it out, try to get the director's cut because uh, it, there's extra subplots in there. And uh, Betty's breakdown in the film takes uh, a, a much longer curve and it's uh, more subtle than in the uh, original theatrical cut, which... Sometimes it seemed a bit jarring and a bit sudden, but um, no, uh, a, a fabulous uh, film. If you you know you haven't seen it, seek it out. Uh, a, a wonderful eighties French movie to start off with. So then, what's your next film, Matt? Uh,
1: my next film is a film from nineteen ninety nine by the great director David Lynch, and it is this Straight Story, um, widely renowned as David Lynch's most normal film. Um, you know, as obviously. He's done some strange films in his time, <laughs> to very, say the very. least. But um, yeah, it's widely known as his most normal film, if you like. And it's a very heartwarming story about a uh, old man who takes a journey across the American, the American, uh, quote, sort of countryside to see his ill brother uh, on a tractor, which is just uh, an amazing story on its own. But it's, then, it's a lawnmower, isn't <laughs> it? it I think. Lawnmower, sorry. Yeah, yes, it's it's a lawnmower. lawnmower. Yeah. And yeah, just. Starring Alvin as a sorry Richard Farnsworth as the amazing Alvin in the film, the late great Richard Farnsworth, who I absolutely adore, and um obviously Sissy Spacek as well as Rose in the film, who plays his daughter. Just an absolutely amazing film, and a film you've actually seen, Stu. I have,
0: <laughs> yes, I have. Um, only only once actually, many years ago when it first came out. Um, love David Lynch films, and as you say, it's it's definitely his most linear and and straight story, if yeah. you like. Um. Yeah. It, it's uh, it is it is a wonderful film. It's 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 heartbreaking in places, but uh, also uplifting as well. No, it's a, it's it's a wonderful film. And if you haven't seen that, and you've seen Lynch's other films, and they've put you off. Um, I, th- I think, yeah, highly recommended. Great film. My next film is the first on my list uh, of two, directed by Dario Argento. Um, it, a Wonderful, wonderful director of many great Italian horror movies. Uh, through the 70s, 80s, and he's still going today, but not quite uh as A as prolific and B as good as he used to be. Um the one I've chosen for my first uh film is one of the first of his films that I saw uh back in uh eighty seven and that's Dario Argento's opera. Um once again with if you, you're used to Argento movies, uh it's it's the story of a a, a black gloved serial killer uh stalking People in Italy um, this time, all set around the, uh, an opera uh, and a, a young uh, opera singer who's been stalked by a deranged fan uh, who, who's bent on hell bent on killing people that associated her, so he can claim her. It's a bit Phantom of the Opera style, um, but has some of the most wonderful set pieces in my mind of any Argento's films. Um, you,
1: you've not seen this one. I haven't, no, I've never seen any of Dario Argento's work, I've always wanted to, Um, I'm not the biggest horror fan as I used to be, but yeah, I think over time I probably will check it out, Um, I know it's got a lot of notoriety about it, so yeah, I definitely will check that out in the future.
0: Yeah, there's some beautiful, cringeworthy uh, scenes of, um, well, some some cringeworthy murders in it, shall we say, it's it's quite a detective film, a lot of his films are, but with uh, overt horror themes. Um, and a really, really poor tagged on ending, but uh, which is a, a little bit of a letdown after a, a couple of hours of fantastic uh, plotting, characterisation, and uh, as I say, some just beautifully, beautifully shot horror scenes.
1: Okay, then, guys, so my next film is going to be a Japanese film directed by the great Shion Sono. Uh, it is Love Exposure, which is actually part of a revenge trilogy. Um, it is an absolutely fantastic film. It is a. Uh, just under 4 hours longer, 3 hours 57 minutes. Uh, it is obviously subtitled, as I said before. But, um, yeah, just an absolutely incredible story about revenge. Uh, it basically revolves around a sort of love triangle between three people. I, I don't want to go too much into the plot, as it is quite spoilerish, the film. Um, there's a lot of subplots and, you know, just a lot of things to work around. So, I'm not going to go into it too much, but, yeah, this film is absolutely fantastic. Um, the other two films that go with it is actually Cold Fish and a film called Himizu, um, which are also absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I think it goes Cold Fish, uh, and then it goes Love Exposure, and then Himizu. So I think this is actually the middle film. But, yeah, guys, if you def- if you get a chance to check this out, it's basically it's quite a religious film, actually. Um, quite a Christian film. I'm Catholic, sorry. And, uh, yeah, it, it touches upon a lot of sort of, taboos in uh, Japan and I just think it works very very well uh, definitely check it out if you get the chance guys Well my
0: next film is uh, a bit of a different take on that <laughs> quite quite a different jump it's um, the Grindhouse Spectacular from 1980 The Exterminator uh, which was directed by James Glickenhouse and stars Robert Ginty the late great Robert Ginty uh, it came at a time after um, films like Death Wish uh, The Deer Hunter um, there's a lot of. Uh, it starts off uh, he, him and his friend from Vietnam um, coming back into New York and being treated like dirt and after being put through horrible, horrible scenes of torture at the start of the movie. Um, and he his friend, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it is at the start of the film. Uh, his friend is uh, murdered in a robbery, and Robert Ginty's character decides to go and exact re- revenge on uh on all the scumbags in new york city um very very famous for the the line if you're lying i'll be back um and uh he certainly does come back it's it's a real true grindhouse if you like films uh like the robert rodriguez and hobo with a shotgun and uh th- those sort of films that have come out in the last few years this is a a proper one this is how it was made back in the day um so yeah, check out the Exterminator. You can get it uncut, I believe, these days because it was cut for a long, long time in in uh, on British home video and DVD. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely one to see for you, you grindhouse fans.
1: So my next film's due is going to be a film called Oasis, which is actually a Korean film. I do watch a lot of Korean movies, and they are some of the best in the world, I believe. Um, so yeah, this is directed by Chang Dong Lee, uh, who's an amazing director. I've only recently discovered him. Um, But I know he's quite prolific in Korea, um, South Korea, that is. Um, But yeah, this film is absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I watched it for the first time on uh, one of the things that I do for my YouTube channel, my 24-hour movie marathon. And um, yeah, I watched this for the first time and it's absolutely amazing. I I didn't read much about the plot whatsoever. I knew knew basic plot points of the film, but I didn't really know that much about it. And just after watching it... just blown away, it was easily the best film that I watched out of the 10 films that I did actually watch but yeah, Oasis is just absolutely incredible, um, it basically revolves around two people who are both social misfits and um, they both come together even though they shouldn't in a way, it's quite strange I, I, I don't want to go too much into detail because obviously spoilers, but yeah it's definitely an amazing film really recommend you check it out guys
0: Yeah, it's one I've not, uh, I've not come across either, uh, Matt in one of your your list of many films that I've never, never seen or heard of. Um, my next film um, is uh, quite a, quite a big film at the time. Uh, and that's uh, David Cronenberg's 1983 film, Videodrome, um, obviously starring James Woods and Deborah Harry. Um, very strange movie really. And uh, did, you know, it was quite, quite popular at the time um, and has become quite cult as well over the years um James Wood's uh, stars as a, a chief executive of a small television station that basically shows pornography and violent images and uh, he he comes across a broadcast signal um which features extreme violence torture and he tries to track it down um as as he watches and is exposed to these uh these images he cr- increasingly um loses <laughs> loses the plot if you like uh, start suffering with uh, crazy hallucinations um, uh, I, won't, I won't describe any of those on here because we like to keep it a PG rating but uh, some some of the most bizarre visuals uh, I think that have been put on, onto film um, and, and you know Cronenberg went on to direct such mainstream films as uh, uh, as The Fly uh, which was one which we missed out of our remake show last it, week it which was yeah was pointed out to me, and I can't believe we we forgot about it. Um, But, yeah, if you've not seen Videodrome and you're a fan of any other of Cronenberg's work, or even if you're just a fan of slightly surrealist cinema, um, I definitely recommend that you check out Videodrome.
1: Okay, then guys. So my next film is another film by Chong Dong Lee, and uh, it is Poetry, an amazing film. I think it's his latest film, shot in 2010. Uh, This film is about a woman... Uh grandmother that is looking after her grandson um his mother is sort of estranged from the grandmother and sort of things and she's moved away and she's the grandmother's basically taking care of this uh sort of teenage lad and um yeah, he basically with a group of his friends actually rape a fellow schoolgirl um which I won't obviously go into just because of the show but yeah um and she's forced to deal with that and uh, Just because of the whole stigma in in Korea, basically, they try and pay the family off so they don't take it to court, which is actually common in Korea, believe it or not. But yeah, um, it's actually a very well-done film, very emotional. Um, It's on two hours, 19 minutes, and it's a very good watch. I really recommend you see it, guys. Just absolutely fantastic. Sounds horrible. (laughs) I don't don't, don't want to watch that one, to be honest. (laughs) You don't actually see any of that. It's just just in the story, but yeah, it's a very strong film.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, my next one is my second uh, Dario Argento uh, choice. As I said earlier, he has a lot of films that I could have chosen from, um, such as Suspiria and Tenebrae, probably more well-known films like Deep Red as well. Uh, But I've gone for Phenomena from 1985, uh, which stars Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance. Jennifer Connelly's young girl who gets uh, sent to an exclusive Swiss boarding school um, where once again, there is uh, a murderer on the prowl, um, but th- the bizarre twist in this film is that jennifer connolly 's coat can actually talk to insects and they help her solve the the, the, the crimes with uh, along with Donald Pleasant um, who, who helps her sort of realize that she has this ability. Very, very odd film, uh, great soundtrack by Goblin and others. They use Iron Maiden songs in there to great effect. Uh, very unusual film. Like say, if you can if you can get through it and get over the bizarreness of the story, um, highly recommend it. It's uh, it's a great watch. There's some very amusing amusing bits in there. Uh, not quite as uh, as dramatic as as, op- as some of the scenes in Opera or in Deep Red or Tenebrae, but uh, but a, a lovely little film. One of my personal uh, Argento favorites.
1: Okay then, Stu, so my next film is going to be a film from 2006. It is Perfume, The Story of a Murderer. Um, This film is set in the 1800s in France. Uh, This film is actually spoken in English, so no subtitle worries there. But um, yeah, this film is actually very, very brilliant. Um, Basically, the story is of a character called Jean-Baptiste Grimoire, uh, born in France, um, basically to a mother who didn't want him. um, And he's basically brought up in sort of a workhouse sort of thing in France. And uh, yeah, um, he's brought into this world and he's he's got this sense of smell, um, which is absolutely very powerful. And um, he's got like the best sense of smell in the world sort of thing. And it's it's quite a strange plot, I'll agree. But but yeah, um, he basically goes to this perfumist and um, he says, if you teach me how to capture smell because he actually murders a lady and he wants... Capture that smell in its essence, so we can keep it forever. Because it's, it's a serial killer film, and um, he wants to capture that smell. And he says, "I'll make you the best perfume in the world." Um, and it it just goes from there. And he he tries to discover how to make this perfume of basically the the beautiful smell of which is quite macabre, I don't know, but, but <laughs> the beautiful smell of a dead body, which is quite <laughs> weird. But but yeah, it is a very very well done film. It, it um it actually stars some very well known people such as uh, Ben Withshaw who was actually in skyfall um recently also starred dustin hoffman as the uh chemist sort of thing for the uh perfume and also alan rickman um who's great in this also so yeah it's uh directed by tom tweaker uh taika sorry and um yeah it's just a very very well done film i really recommend you check it out guys.
0: i'm starting to worry a bit about you to be honest Matt. <laughs> um I'm, I'm getting a bit depressed um and if we want to continue The Depression, my next uh, choice is uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain. I couldn't do this list without choosing at least one Aronofsky movie, and I was very tempted to choose Requiem for a Dream, but I think that's more of a well-known film of his. Um, so I've chosen The Fountain um, because I, I, I don't. It, 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 I think it was expected to be a, a massive blockbuster when it came out. It, it, unfortunately, it didn't seem to find an audience. I don't think people knew really how to take it. It stars Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz. It's a love story, um, but it's a very sad love story. It it takes place over a thousand years with three parallel stories, uh, all from the uh, uh, Spanish conquistadors. Uh, I'm glad I said that word right because I never usually do. (laughs) Uh, Then there's a story of uh, a a man whose wife's dying of cancer and he's trying to find a cure in modern days. And then there's... uh, the a, a, a futuristic story where uh, it's a lone man on a, a kind of spaceship that's travelling to take the Tree of Life um, to the centre of the universe. Um, all these stories work beautifully together. Um, Hugh Jackman play, and Rachel Wise play characters in all the stories. Um, it's just absolutely beautiful. It's got a fantastic store by Cl- uh, score sorry, by Clint Mansell, um, who's a local boy um so uh yeah it's it's i remember seeing it and i sobbed and sobbed and sobbed at the end of the film um so it is it isn't the easiest watch um but it's certainly a, a beautiful beautiful film
1: okay then guys so my next film is going to be uh, let the right one in a film from 2008 which is a swedish film uh it's basically re- revolving around uh, two children if you like um yeah these two children basically come together because uh, the, one of the lead characters Oscar is being bullied at school and he's got you know sort of a loner sort of life i guess um and the girl in the film Ellie i believe her name is um yes yeah, she's actually a vampire believe it or not and uh yeah this plot for me was very strange when i first saw the film as I went into the film watching it for the first time and I, I didn't know anything about it i didn't know anything about the the vampire plot to the film and I went into it and I was like, This is very strange <laughs> But yeah, I actually really ended up enjoying it and uh, the film is just absolutely amazing and they basically come together through this sort of I don't know, separation that they come together. Um, like I mentioned earlier with one of my other films, Oasis, that they're that separated in society that they actually become very good friends and it's just a very charming and sort of disturbing story if you like. Very well done, I think. It'll yeah,
0: it's, it's as I said last week when we talked about the remake, Let Me In. Um, let The Right One In is possibly my favourite horror movie of all time. He, he, I think he beat out The uh, the Exorcist for me, my number one spot, um, and would have been on my list if I hadn't already seen his on yours. <laughs> so um, I've had to uh, look around and see what else I've got, and I couldn't do uh, a, a section on cult movies without picking a John Carpenter film, um, one of my favourite directors. Um, I was looking at, at the, his list of phenomenal films that he made in the 70s and 80s, um, and I've chosen They Live, which is one of the more unusual uh, alien invasion stories that I think's ever been uh, put to film and tackled in such an odd way. Um, it stars uh, Roddy Piper, Rowdy Roddy Piper <laughs> from WWE fame, or WWF as it was at the time, and Keith David. Roddy Piper's character discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth, and they've been controlling us for, it could be years and years and years, we don't really, it's never really touched on in the film. You get the fil- the, the feeling that they've been here for quite some time. It also has one of the best, if not the best, fist fights ever, that just goes on and on and on and on when uh, Roddy Piper's character is trying to make Keith David's character wear the glasses so he wakes up and sees it for himself um one of carpenter's films that i think would have been brilliant if that had continued it made a trilogy but you know i'm sure somebody will remake it and destroy it <laughs> in in the very very near future um no they live hilarious film um that sort of preys on uh, consumerism and advertising and the way we we're manipulated by governments uh in our everyday lives but uh but done, like I say, in a, in a very humorous way. Uh, and I, I, I think it's one of Carpenter's best, probably his last really, really good movie.
1: Okay, so my next film is going to be a film which is probably the strangest on my list. And it is a, a film called Little Otting, uh also known as Greedy Guts, I believe, here in the UK and the US. Um, yeah, this is a very strange film about a couple who can't conceive and uh, they end up um, having a... Sort of a retreat in a cabin I think they go out into the woods. And I actually find this. Uh, it's almost like a branch. And it looks. It doesn't look like a child. But it, it sort of resembles a child in a way. And they actually take this home. And they form this whole pregnancy around it. And they sort of raise this uh, branch if you like. And it actually starts to grow. And uh, they eventually have to start feeding it meat. And then it turns into people. And people start getting eaten. And it's just. it's a very very strange film i will say that uh it's directed by jean frenchmaker who i always butcher his name but it's an absolutely fantastic film um just if you haven't seen it guys definitely check it out It's one of the strangest films you'll ever see i've got to say
0: that sounds fabulous Uh, i know we we watched the trailer before recording uh, because it's a film i'd not seen um and I, i i saw the trailer and i've got to got to say i'll be checking that out in the next few days i think it it, it it to me uh, it has shadows of a razor head yeah um from, from the trailer anyway and uh the fear fear of uh, childbirth and parenthood and it looks great so yeah i'll be checking that out and a film that i have also shown you the trailer for is my next film which is the belgian film from 19 1992 called man bites dog uh it's uh a satire uh where it's uh almost like one of the modern found footage films but it's uh a student film crew following a uh, serial killer on his day-to-day routine uh, of robbing, uh, mugging, and killing various people. Uh, as the, as the, the the film crew follows them, they become more complicit in the crimes. Um, and I won't spoil it, but one or two of them may end, uh, end their days in rather horrible ways. Um it sounds really depressing, it's not, it's hilarious in a really dark way. I remember seeing it at the cinema back in the 90s and laughing and laughing and laughing at at some stupid scenes and then it just cuts to the most gratuitous violence and you find yourself, like the film crew, sort of complicit in the crimes because you're finding them amusing and you shouldn't be because it's disgusting and dark and... Uh, very unrelent, uh, unrelenting uh, in the film, and uh, and and the, the the serial killer is completely unrepentant and sort of waxes lyrical about uh, how he, how he kills people, how he weighs the bodies down. It's it's a bleak movie, but um, there's there's a lot to be enjoyed there. Yeah,
1: and, we just watched a trailer just before, and I, yeah. I've got to say, I'm, I really want to see it. I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> going to try and see that later on today. Uh, it does look right roll up my alley, even though that sounds very, very strange. <laughs> but I, I do like bleak and depressing films, so it makes me feel better about myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is quite bleak, but like I say, it's 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 on um, on IMDb. It is a classed as a comedy crime drama, um, and, it, and there is a lot to laugh at. But uh, there's a lot to sort of dig your knuckles into your your legs as well, or your fingernails into your legs while you're watching the film because it's so uncomfortable in places. But that's the last of my dark ones on my list anyway today, so...
1: So my next film uh, is going to be A Bittersweet Life, guys. This is a South Korean film directed by the great Kim Ji-Woon, who uh, has actually just made his transfer to America directing The Last Stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, But yeah, this film, guys, is basically a mob film um, basically set around this whole mob empire in uh, Korea. This whole mob family. And uh, one of the lieutenants of one of the big boss men um sort of the don if you like uh is tasked to look after this woman um he directly sort of goes against his boss by not telling him if she sees anybody and uh she he basically puts a hit out on his lieutenant if you like uh he basically calls for revenge he's actually a very good revenge story Korea often do a lot of great revenge stories along with Japan um but yeah it's a very very well done film very brutal in places as well um some great martial arts in it too uh, just a very well-rounded film it's two hours um obviously like his subtitle like i said before but yeah amazing film very very good um really recommend it if you like your gangster films you know like the things like that very very well done
0: great right. um another one that i've uh i've not come across so uh i'll uh, i'll see if i can check that out on your recommendation uh, my penultimate film in my list is the 1989 film Meet the Feebles. Now, this has got a very, very famous director. It was actually Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame, uh, second movie. Now, bizarrely, I will try to describe it as best I can, it's basically The Muppets on acid. Um, <laughs> it is a puppet movie, a complete puppet movie, um, which also encompasses... Uh, drugs uh, uh, drug addiction, extortion robberies, disease drug dealing and murder um, and has a fabulous um, fabulous tagline which is hell hath no fury like a hippo with a machine gun <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a strange strange film uh, another one of those ones which you're laughing at scenes which you really shouldn't be laughing at but because they are uh they involve puppets rather than humans um you you just can't help yourself uh i wish peter jackson was still making films like this although most of me i did like the hobbit i do wish he, he'd go back to his roots and make some of his more outlandish films again um <laughs> i'd would like to see him do at least one more sort of meet the feebles or brain dead before uh before he gives up altogether so uh yeah so if you haven't seen meet the feebles uh be prepared because it's not for kids um, but do do try to check that out um, if you can get hold of a copy. I think it's unavailable at the moment, but I'm sure uh, you, you can find one somewhere. eBay, of course. eBay. You buy one off there. So yeah, Make the Feebles. Um, very outlandish puppet movie.
1: So my last and final film on the list, guys, is a film from 2003. It is uh, the amazing Korean film uh, Memories of Murder um this is directed by Bong Joon-ho who is of course an amazing director directed things like Mother um just absolutely amazing he's, he's also directing the which looks amazing the upcoming film this year uh, Snowpiercer with Chris Evans and uh, just such an amazing cast in that one but yeah guys, this film is uh set in 1986 it follows a Korean police station um and two detectives uh, searching for a serial killer who basically rapes and tortures and kills his victims which obviously I can't go into but and no, I don't want to go into <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it basically revolves around that and they're basically trying to track down um track down the serial killer and they they go through many different people throughout the film and it's just absolutely incredible uh, the the end scene which I won't spoil is just phenomenal um I compare it to 7 I definitely think it's on par with David fincher's 7 um if not in parts better than seven which is mm. which is quite surprising that Dave finch's seven is one of my all-time favorite films yeah mine too um but yeah i, I often compare it to seven it, it does have a lot of the same does have a lot of the same features within it and uh yeah guys i definitely recommend you check that one out guys memories of murder by Ho. yeah
0: if it's if it's anything near as good as seven i'll i'll definitely give that one a watch i think and my last film, I don't know whether you've seen this. Have you, have you seen I this? I haven't, no.
1: I do know of it, but I haven't right. seen
0: it. You'll have to get the DVD out in a bit then. <laughs> uh, my last film is the 1982 uh, classic Basket Case. Um, <clears throat> I discovered this film far too young. I think I was 12 or 13 when I first saw it. It's the story of a, a young man who moves into New York City, into a sleazy uh, uh, hotel in New York City, uh, carrying only a wicker basket. Uh, the wicker basket contains all oh, spoilers here it contains his um deformed siamese brother siamese twin that has been removed from his side by uh, uh unscrupulous and evil doctors and he's come to new york to sort of s- seek them out and seek revenge on them uh it's a really grindhouse down and dirty uh late 70s, early 80s feel to New York. Um, I'd love to have gone to Times Square uh, at that time and see, see what it was like because I've seen so many films that sat around there like The Exterminator earlier and uh, uh, the original Howling film which had a scene at the start there in Times Square. Um, but yeah, Basket Case was directed by Frank Heinlotter and they went on to make Basket Case 2 and 3 which just got crazier and crazier as they went along with the sequels. Um but the original is still the best it's it's nasty it's funny it's gory um it's it's great you've gotta you've got to check out basket case it is my number one uh in the top ten cult films to see before you die okay so we'll quickly touch upon some uh t v news this week. Um, the big story from the states uh, is that the premiere episode of Hannibal uh, was was shown on uh, last Thursday. Um, I Haven't seen it yet myself, and I know you haven't either, Matt. Um, but uh, I've I heard some uh, some really good uh, good reviews of the show so far, so it looks interesting.
1: Um, yeah, not yet released in the UK, I believe. I don't think we even have a date for it yet um but yeah it's shaping up to be what looks like a decent cast and decent show um yeah I'm optimistic um I'm looking forward to it I've heard like you i have heard some good things from my American friends so yeah I'm looking forward to it
0: yeah so it's, it's, I think it's uh it's it certainly uh had uh, better reviews than Bates Motel uh which came out a few weeks ago which once again I haven't seen but I must admit I I have very little interest I I'm not a big fan of prequel series or or films, but uh, I think I think this could be th- this plays on it a bit that we know the ca- the the, the uh, character of Hannibal and what he turns into, and none of the others seem to in the, in the show. So so uh, I think that will sort of tease the audiences a little bit more and uh, make it a bit more interesting. Uh, of course, we had second episode of Game of Thrones.
1: Um, yes, this week's episode was very very enjoyable. Uh, introduced us to some new characters, also some old ones again coming back into the show. Uh, Yeah, a very enjoyable episode. It it throwed a lot of characters into this episode, I thought, but I I didn't particularly mind that. Um, I thought it was very well done, as always. Just another great episode. I can't wait for Mondays. Yeah,
0: I I loved it too. I thought it was fabulous. Um, Unfortunately, I can't say the same for Doctor Who yet again. I was hoping for a better episode than the previous week. Um, uh, This episode, I've got to say, left me cold once again. I really hope they they get into a stride... um, the Jenna Louise Colman uh, character was so great in uh, the previous two that she'd been in uh, last year in the Christmas episode um, and she just doesn't seem to have... Uh, uh, they, don't, they don't seem to have made as much much of her as, uh, as I was hoping to. Maybe it's just a couple of slow ones and hopefully it'll build up. Maybe they're spending too much time on the 50th anniversary episode and uh, they've sort of forgotten about these. I'll let you know what I think about... Uh, about the episode next
1: week. Fingers crossed for you, Stu. Cheers.
0: (laughs) Right, okay, so that's uh, the end of this week's slightly shorter show. Ooh, say that when you're drunk. Um, (laughs) uh, Next week, we're going to be focusing on uh, book-to-movie adaptations, so everything from the early days of cinema, uh, folks, right up to uh, modern adaptations of today, such as Life of Pi. Um, So we'll,
1: we'll be chatting about that next week. Um... Just got a few thank yous. Yes, a big thank you to Future for hosting Podcast Force. Um, a big thank you to Agents of Evolution for production of music. And, yeah.
0: And also we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in again this week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.